Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Discovery. Time flies when you're learning super cool stuff. I'm Nate. And I'm Callie. If you're dropping in for the first time, welcome to Curiosity, where we aim to blow your mind by helping you to grow your mind. If you're a loyal listener, welcome back. Today, you'll learn about a new X-ray giving us incredible insight into ourselves, the future of weather prediction, and a surprising potential link between dementia and vitamin D. Without further ado, let's satisfy some curiosity. Callie, we are able to see things within our bodies at a ridiculously tiny scale. That's because researchers at the European Synchrotron Research Facility, ESRF for short, have developed a new imaging technology called hierarchical phase contrast tomography. <laughs> Come on. Come on, you can do it. I've got so much faith in you. Hierarchical phase contrast tomography that can view blood vessels only five microns in diameter. <laughs> you did it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, back up. Five microns. How small is that? That's about a tenth of the diameter of a human hair. The tech, which we can call the hip CT, is giving us an entirely new view into the human body. Okay, uh, how does it work? Is it like a CT scan, x-ray, MRI? It uses x-rays to capture images of organs one narrow slice at a time. A computer then combines all these slices to create 3D images. It's like how a CT scan works, but it can capture details 100 times smaller than a CT scan can. Much of this was made possible when ESRF upgraded the component within HIPCT that creates the actual X-rays that helps make HIPCT so precise. The extremely brilliant source, as it's called, makes the brightest X-rays in the world 100 billion times brighter than a standard hospital X-ray. So what kind of detail does all that X-ray tech give you? Well, it allows doctors to get extremely detailed 3D images of organs, not just an organ as a whole or even a blood vessel. But you can zoom into these models to see things as small as individual cells at work. It's giving doctors and researchers an incredible ability to see how an organ functions, even at the cellular level. Holy cow, that is incredible. What have they been using this tech to do, though? It sounds pretty powerful. The researchers were able to use it to see how COVID-19 infections affected the tiniest capillaries in our lungs. They looked at those that oxygenate blood in our lungs and the ones that bring blood to the lung tissues themselves. The fine detail allowed them to see that these two separate capillary systems were crossing over into each other, preventing blood from being properly oxygenated. Researchers had thought this might be happening, but until now, there was no way to prove it. Are they only looking at lungs or does it work with other organs? They are currently using the HIPCT to create the Human Organ Atlas. They've already created extremely detailed 3D scans of the brain, lungs, kidneys, and spleen from donated control organs, as well as those from people who died from COVID-19. They're putting these images online to make them available to doctors, surgeons, and even the curious public. And they already have plans to eventually do a scan like this of the whole human body, organs, muscles, and all. The brain actually sounds particularly interesting to study with this kind of imaging. Oh, absolutely. And some HIPCT brain scans have already shown micro details in the brain, like highlighting singular cells that control our motor functions. The researchers are actually getting so much information from these images that they often have trouble interpreting all of it. What kind of insights do they hope to get as we get better at decoding all this information? The hope is that the Human Organ Atlas can eventually have a robust catalog of disease research. The neat thing is the accuracy means you could look at a whole organ or zoom way into the cells to try to identify patterns and learn how diseases affect our organs. Cool. Is there any way we can get there faster? 
There is some discussion about implementing AI technology with it to create even faster, more accurate diagnosis. If we can optimize this tech, the possibilities for using HIP-CT in fighting diseases are endless. Nate, did you know our weather prediction might soon be more accurate than ever? Ooh, that'd be great. It'd be way easier to plan vacations and weekend plans. How are they doing it? So the Geophysical Fluid Dynamics Laboratory has created a new predictive weather model, Seamless System for Prediction and Earth System Research, or SPEAR for short, that is able to predict weather on a seasonal level. And North American summers are looking pretty hot. Predicting weather months ahead of time? That sounds like science fiction. Can't things change rapidly from month to month or even day to day? Well, the systems are complex, but we have created dynamical models that use supremely complex equations to predict the future. They're so complex, in fact, that they have really only been possible in the last few decades as we finally have supercomputers powerful enough to work through all that information. These systems rely on data like temperature, pressure, and wind from all over the world. One of the biggest challenges, though, is that our world is chaotic. Like things are happening at random? More accurately, small, seemingly insignificant differences can make enormous changes. Oh, sure. You mean like the butterfly effect. One butterfly flaps its wings in South America, and it causes atmospheric changes that lead to a tornado forming in Texas weeks later. Exactly. Did you know that this butterfly effect is a term that actually comes from one of the pioneers of dynamical weather models? Edward Lorenz was experimenting with these early models in the 1950s. To his surprise, when he reran an experiment and tried to simplify his work by shortening his inputs from six decimal places to three decimal places, he found the model's results varied greatly, even though the change only took place in the fourth, fifth, and sixth decimal points. He used the phrase to explain how tiny changes can have major impacts on complex systems. And that was in the 50s. I imagine Spear is a bit more complicated than one researcher inputting his data by hand. Well, much like Lorenz's system, Spear runs models by slightly altering initial conditions, but unlike these early systems, Spear is able to use complex stats like changing rates of greenhouse gases and aerosols over time. To create forecasts, researchers run 30 models with 30 slightly different input sets and then average these predictions to create a single vision for the future. Oh, like making a bell curve of weather to find an accurate prediction. Interesting. And SPEAR researchers are using these models and experiments to improve our climate predictions and projections not only in the short term, but for predictions decades into the future. They're putting particular attention on the weather extremes that are sure to come with climate change. These predictions could help us better prepare for things like hurricanes, droughts, and heat waves. But how can we be sure these predictions are more accurate? Well, a recent study showed Spear accurately predicted North American summer heat extremes several months into the future. And the more information we collect, the more accurate the system can get. Well, if that information was correct, what can I expect for future summers? We should expect continent-wide increases in heat extremes. There's still a lot of research to do, as the sample size for these experiments is small. But Spear is telling us this trend is likely to continue. It's going to get hot. It's concerning info, but knowing ahead of time will help us better prepare for the short and long-term effects. All right, I've got a story that might have you looking to eat more vitamin-packed foods like salmon. I mean, you don't have to give me a reason to eat more salmon, but I will take them. Uh, what do you have? <laughs> well, salmon is a great source of vitamin D. And recent studies have shown that a lack of vitamin D can lead to some pretty nasty developments later in life, like brittle bones. But a new study revealed that it can also contribute to early-onset dementia. 
Okay, what do you mean when you say dementia? Is it a single disease or is there a vitamin D variant? So dementia is an umbrella term for a number of symptoms, including memory loss and difficulties with cognition that impact daily life. The most well-known form of dementia is Alzheimer's. Currently, almost 6 million people in the U.S. live with Alzheimer's or a similar dementia. Okay, but how do they track down a vitamin, or a lack of it, I should say, to these conditions? Well, it's long been known that vitamin D is linked to brain health, but researchers at the University of South Australia wanted to see if there was a link between vitamin D deficiency and an increased risk of dementia and stroke. They gathered data from over 294,000 participants in the UK Biobank, a long-term study that tries to track down the sources of various diseases, and looked at numbers for people with dementia and people with a severe lack of vitamin D. Oh, wow. Okay, how little vitamin D did they have? So a normal vitamin D level is around 50 nanomoles per liter. One nanomole is one billionth of a mole. When researchers looked at people who had low levels, below 25 nanomoles per liter, or half of what they should have, those people were around 54% more likely to have dementia. That is a huge increase. But vitamin D isn't rare. Does that mean these people could have changed their diets and avoided dementia? The researchers discovered that up to 17% of these dementia cases could have likely been prevented by increasing vitamin D intake. That is fascinating to me. But it sounds like there's a correlation, a relationship between vitamin D and dementia. Do we have any real proof that a vitamin D deficiency causes dementia? Uh, the researchers say we have to do a lot more research to identify if it goes beyond correlation to causation. That said, if future experiments do prove causation, we might be able to develop new ways to lower the risk of dementia moving forward. Do they know what something like that might look like? They're looking into whether we could identify high-risk vitamin D deficient people and focus on raising their vitamin D levels by getting more sunlight, changing their diet, or taking supplements. Well, it seems to me that while we wait for proof of causation, it might not be a bad idea to make sure we're all getting enough vitamin D. It's an easy bit of potential prevention. Absolutely. And researchers say that even though these studies are inconclusive, supplementing vitamin D likely has some great health benefits beyond preventing dementia, including keeping your bones strong. Well, better safe than sorry. Especially when being safe includes eating more salmon. You and your fish. <laughs> Let's recap what we learned today to wrap up. Revolutionary new imaging technology is giving us extremely detailed 3D images of human organs. With the ability to view organs down to their individual cells, this technology could bring us a whole new understanding of the human body and the way diseases affect it. New weather prediction models are allowing us to accurately predict weather trends, seasons, and even years ahead of time. While the research is encouraging, the results are concerning. Our summers are about to get a lot hotter. Recent studies show that a lack of vitamin D could lead to a much higher risk of dementia. Even though researchers say there is much more work to be done, making sure you get your proper amount of vitamin D is an easy way to potentially avoid the disease while keeping your bones strong. Curiosity Daily is produced by Wheelhouse DNA for Discovery. You can follow our show wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd love it if you could take a second to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Our Discovery executive producer is Christina Bavetta. Our Discovery Coordinating Producer is Krishna San Nicholas. This show is hosted by us, Callie Gade and Nate Bonham. Our showrunner is Matt Mayer. Our writers are James Lynch and Jordan Trout. Our researcher is Thomas Martin Messersmith. Sound design, audio engineering, and editing by Nick Carissimi. I'm Callie Gade. And I'm Nate Bonham. We'll see you next week. <laughs>